Good morning, and welcome to uh, the Bear Independent channel. We're going to do the brief today. It is 15 May 23. If you're new here, subscribe, ring the little bell icon. If you're not new here, you know what to do. Share the show with somebody you love, and please make sure that you've not been unceremoniously unsubscribed by the YouTube algorithmic robots. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about what's going down on the uh, border, or what has not gone down at the border yet today. We're also going to talk about uh, President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. asterisk and some remarks that he made regarding white supremacy being the largest threat to uh, Americans today. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about China and Brazil and South Africa and BRICS as relating to U.S. agricultural exports. The Title 42 migration control policy has finally expired, and so far, the expected surge in illegal immigration has not materialized. While apprehensions by Border Patrol increased, apprehensions like we have apprehended you, you've been arrested, have increased more than eightfold between October of last year and January of this year, so that's an 800% increase. The nightmare scenario so many were bracing for has not yet come to pass. It should be noted that even without the expected spike stemming from the end of Title 42, the flow of migrants is still at a historically high level. Top Border Patrol official Gloria Chavez told CBS News, quote, We're absolutely not out of the woods yet. We're going to continue to work really hard and get these agents the resources that they need, end quote. Uh, forgive me, but razor wire, M2s, spotlights, you know, trenches. Are we there yet? Possibly. Is that an indicator of an empire in decline per, Sanjab, per Sir John Glubb and the fate of empires? Yes, absolutely. It sure is. Border disputes. A little uh, moose run coffee for you. Well, for me anyway, not for you. You could get some if you wanted to. Moreover, the overloaded detention facilities are still a potential human rights issue. The severely overcrowded conditions combined with poor health, lack of medical care, and inadequate sanitation could lead to serious issues with communicable diseases. Yay, just what we need, more communicable diseases. It's going to be great, y'all. It's going to be super duper great. Stay home. Cover yourself in bubble wrap, throw on your mirror face mask, and, um, you know, just, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine, other than seasonal allergies. But I can deal with that. Marburg V? Nah, they're not really interested. Although, now that I think about it, um, maybe I'll just start wearing my mirror mask outside so that the tree pollen quits assaulting my face. I'll have to try that out. <clears throat> While the old Title VIII taking over practical policy more than now, more than the now defunct Title 42, processing times will once again become longer. Matthew J. Hudak, Deputy Chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, has warned that Border Patrol could have more than 45,000 immigrants in custody by the end of the month if they don't have the legal ability to release some of them. And BT dubs, just one man's opinion, if we're going to release some of them, 
Uh, can we make sure that we release them to the south of the border, not to the north of the border, please? I'm all for legal immigration. This country was, in many cases, in many ways, built by immigrants. Legal immigrants. Ellis Island, anybody? I've been there on multiple occasions. <laughs> My mom is 100% German. Yeah, uh, the daughter of German immigrants to the United States of America. Cool. They came here legally. They contributed to American society. They onboarded the American ethos. They wanted to be us. They wanted to be part of the great melting pot that is the United States of America. And one could argue the <sighs> precarious demographics of the United States of America as we currently sit. And one way to fix demographics immediately is immigration. But... Could we at least do it legally, please, with people who want to be us, want to contribute to us, want to help make this place great again, believe that we are, for better or worse, the best country on the face of the earth, rather than a bunch of people who, and I'm, I don't mean, I'm painting with a broad brush here, as my pastor would say, I'm not trying to stereotype everybody but in some cases stereotypes are useful um i don't want a bunch of people who are contributing to the strength of the nanny state nah i'm not interested in that because government doesn't produce anything they just take it from one group of people and give it to another group of people and my taxes are already stupid high they're already stupid high the patriot plumber sent me something yesterday just going through your your federal income tax, your state income tax, if you live in a state that has one of those, um, sales tax, tax on fuel, tax on your home, etc., etc., comparing, um, basically looking at a family that made, or a couple, two, that made $50,000 a year, at a minimum, is spending 22% of their money on taxation, and in some cases, it's up to 50% of your income on taxation and we forget that this country went to war against the greatest empire on the face of the earth at that time over a one percent tax increase on tea on tea and yet here we are oh yeah you can take half my income and totally give it to these people that don't have any legal right to be here that's fine as long as I have my Netflix and my ice cream I'm good to go we gotta rise up. <laughs> Maybe. Just understand what exactly you're getting into if you do that. It'll be a bloodbath on both sides. And I don't have the answer to it. Except maybe, let's stop giving money to people who aren't us. And I mean like, not just illegal immigrants, but also all these nations that we support through US aid all across the globe many of which hate our freaking guts. They hate our guts. And they turn around and use that money and that equipment and the training that they receive from us and then directly target us. Which is why I think it's just a matter of time before the U.S. is fighting Ukrainians. Historically speaking. Who are we... <laughs> if you want to know who our next war is going to be with, look at who we're funding and training now. Uh, Koreans, 
Vietnamese, uh, Afghanis, Iraqis. Shall I continue? The conditions, back to immigration, in which many of these people are arriving are quite serious too. One pastor, Father Rafael Garcia of El Paso Sacred Heart Church, said that the people his church is helping are often from Venezuela, where some of them had to survive on the equivalent of 5 to 10 doll hairs per month. He described their desperation saying, quote, Some have been kidnapped. Some have been harassed in different ways. It's a real crisis. It's a real human crisis, end quote. One woman who was deported with her son from Texas told reporters, quote, I heard on the news that there was an opportunity to enter. I heard it on the radio, but it was all a lie, end quote. Who produced the content that she heard saying, hey, there's an opportunity to enter the United States of America? Why are there American bus companies in Central and South America right now bussing people to the borders? Hmm. You know, let's just get demonetized. George Soros, anybody? Ain't anybody? Just anybody? Nope, never heard of that guy. Like, he's legit one of the bad guys, right? Like, if, um, and I'm getting more and more convinced every day that, like, I guess we do live in a comic book, right? Like, him and his buddy Klaus are, like, in the inside of a mountain dressed in all black doing this with their fingers. <laughs> Right? He's one of those guys. Evil. Yeah, I heard it on the news. Why? Why? Why is that being reported on the news anywhere? Oh, by the way, the United States has a porous southern border. You can just totally traipse right in there and get whatever you want. Just hours before Title 42 expired, the House of Representatives has passed a bill, H.R. 2, that would build more of the border wall and require asylum seekers to have first sought asylum in countries that they've already passed through. How are we going to enforce that portion? That's my question there. Oh, but did you attempt asylum in Mexico, which is run by cartels? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Okay, how did it work out? Uh, they didn't let me in. Okay, you can come in here now. Oh, no, it'll be paperwork. Yeah, I have a desk jet printer. I can make paperwork, too. Right? Like, and uh, build more of the border wall like we built it in Arizona. 700 miles of border wall with a 300-foot opening in it every mile. So that the Congress can say, we built 700 miles of border wall. Mm-hmm. And the immigrants can still get through because there's a hole in it every mile. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like a small hole. Like, you could fly a 737 through the hole in it every mile. Yeah, but Bear, how do you know? I've seen it. I've talked to the people who built it. I know the guy who did all the trenching for the foundation for the wall. Yeah, because he was also in power construction. HR2. The bill is, quote, the strongest border security bill to come through Congress in more than 100 years, end quote, according to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. That's the best we can do? That, that's, it's the strongest border bill in 100 years. That's the best we can do? Trenches, machine guns, mortars, razor wire, spotlights, IR illuminators, those sonic devices mounted on top of hum Humvees that make you feel like you're going to poop in your britches if you get too close, like... That'd be pretty strong, right? That'd be a start. 
and maybe I don't know every uh, 50 miles we put in an airstrip. We got a couple of you know F-15s, F-16s. Not the not the new F-35s. That might be overkill. Ah, A-10s. A-10s would be perfect. High loiter time. A-10s would be perfect. Let's try that one on for size. See how that works out. That sounds like a pretty strong border. But then, of course, the Democrats would lose their mind. <gasps> I don't care. Kevin McCarthy also said, in part, quote, If H.R. 2 passes, I am confident that we will stop the flood of fentanyl into our country. End quote. Are you, are you confident that that would happen? Just like opium and heroin? Because, like, we totally didn't have dudes on black helicopters during the Vietnam War flying through Laos and Cambodia moving pallets of heroin. That never happened, even though I've spoken face-to-face -face at length with people whose job it was to do that. But that never happened. We definitely weren't moving drugs out of Afghanistan. <laughs> CIA! Um, excuse me, I had to clear my throat. Um, we... <laughs> Cocaine and the crack epidemic, we definitely had no part in that whatsoever. Hegelian dialectic, anybody? Yeah. Depopulation, control mechanisms, causes belli for more government overreach and control. Mm-hmm. And so now the drug of the day is fentanyl. We must stop the fentanyl crisis. Which, make no mistake, is terrible. But, K bono. Who benefits from the fentanyl crisis? It ain't you. It ain't me. Like, I'm going to cause a problem and then charge you money to fix it. It'd be like if a plumber snuck into your house late at night and cut a whole bunch of the lines in your house and, like, stopped up your septic line, right? And they came back the next day and was like, well, ma'am, I can fix it. It's going to be $7,300. Like, you're the a-hole who cut the pipes in the first place. Yeah, I know, but if you want it fixed... Oh, and by the way, I'm the only plumber, and if you don't use my plumbing services, I'll shoot you in the face. Democracy. Yay. Freedom. The move has been criticized by right, rights groups as inhumane. Democrats have called it cruel, and Biden already said he would veto the bill. Oh, that sounds very executive of you. The bill would have to pass the Senate before becoming final, and since the Senate is under Democratic control, it's unlikely to pass. Texas Representative Tony Gonzalez commented, quote, Until the President of the United States signs a bill into the law, all of this is theater. A lot of people are good at political theater. Meanwhile, back in my district, we're dealing with a real crisis. Now, if you're on Patreon, you have the written brief as well as the relevant links. If uh, you're not on Patreon, you don't. It's, uh, we're going to look at a couple other articles as well. Now, it is week six of 50 weeks of preparedness, and I want to talk to you briefly about fuel today. Fuel. So, a huge part of um, survival, you know, maintaining normalcy for the people that you love, is transpo and logistics. you got to be able to move yourself and your stuff around the battle space, right? Um even think about this as bugging out. So particularly, I want to talk about fueling your VIX today, your vehicles. Just a couple of tips, tricks, hints. I don't let my fuel tank get below half a tank. Period. The end. End of story. Now, some of you might be married to people, or you might be one yourself, where the gas tank is always somewhere between an eighth of a tank and empty. That drives me nuts. 
you know what I do? I just fill the car. I just get in the car and I just fill it. Anytime I'm in it, I just fill it. And then have constant conversation around, hey, this cannot get below half a tank. And there's good reason for this. The first is I've always got a half a tank of fuel. If I have to get somewhere, go someplace now, I've got a half a tank of fuel. And I don't know what range your vehicle has, depending on the vehicle and the year and the quality of fuel, probably anywhere between 200 and 500 miles per tank, right? Unless you're in like a semi and you got big tanks, right? And maybe you can get a thousand miles. So you might have to go someplace right now. Also, if you're constantly running your vehicle on empty, there's a strong possibility you suck up trash from the bottom of your gas tank and blow your fuel filter or that your fuel pump will uh, bust, will break because it gets hot because in many cases, the fuel in the tank is the cooling mechanism for the fuel pump inside of the tank. So if you're constantly running it on empty, that pump's getting hot, you burn up the fuel pump. So don't run your vehicle on empty. I also carry a minimum of three, sometimes as many as five, five-gallon gas tanks on the back of my truck. Now, I have a big truck, um, and we do a lot of disaster relief. And so when you go into areas that have been schwacked by hurricanes, tornadoes, etc., in many cases, there's no electricity. And if there's no electricity, the gas stations don't work. You're not getting any fuel. Also, in many cases, there's no commerce because there's no electricity, so we can't run your credit card, sir or ma'am. So have a stack of cash hidden somewhere, whether it's in your pocket or in your hoodie or in your glove box or in your backpack or whatever. Stack of cash, because cash will still work in areas where there's no electricity. Ask me how I know. I've seen it on multiple occasions. So if you have the ability to carry extra fuel, carry extra fuel. And you may look at using things like Staybill, uh, which can buy you an extra year-ish of fuel storage on gasoline. I store non-ethanol fuel. Well, it's more expensive. Yeah, my truck runs better on it. I get more horsepower and better mileage on non-ethanol fuel. Thank you very much. Corn is food, not fuel. Unless we're making uh, moonshine on the back porch, in which case, ethanol truck fuel for sure, sir. By the way, let me see your warrant. Anyway, I digress. I, uh, I store non-ethanol fuel, and I really like the metal gas cans, not the plastic ones, because the plastic ones are prone to leakage and breaking, and therefore you get water intrusion, which makes your fuel turn to crap. And also, um, the pore spouts on the plastic ones suck. They suck something terrible. And for the cost of buying the can and replacing the pore spout, I can just get a metal can and a funnel and I'm good to go. So think about fuel in your vehicles this week and how much fuel do you need to have set aside to get from where you are to where you want to go if when things get stupid, aka bug out plan, right? And then for every vehicle that you have that you're going to bug out with, you need to have X amount of fuel in order to be able to get there. And I would submit be able to get back as well. So you might think about long-term fuel storage at your bug out location as well. Thanks, Bear. You're welcome, guys. From RT.com, white supremacy is the most dangerous threat to the U.S., according to President Biden. The president was accused of pushing dangerous racial division. In a speech to black college graduates on Saturday, U.S. President Joe Biden labeled white supremacy the most dangerous terrorist threat to the United States. I'm sure the border has nothing to do with it. I'm sure 
foreign bad actors and Jedberg teams have nothing to do. It, right, it's white supremacists that are blowing up rail lines and uh, oil refineries and fuel production plants and messing with nuclear power sites and flying spy balloons over the top of our country. That's right, it's the white supremacists who are doing that. By the way, I had a little thought. I can't prove it. haven't done enough digging into it yet. But we know, we know that the White House is colluding with China. 10% for the big guy, right? We know, by the way, did you just, did we just glossed over the fact that the Biden family, nine different members of the Biden family, all received a $10 million payout relevant to Biden business interests overseas, ahem, China, right? There's clearly collusion there, but the media won't talk about that. So we know the White House is colluding with China. I wonder why it took the White House so long to say, shoot that spy balloon down. And of course, there were multiple spy balloons. Remember that? And then they kind of got caught with their pants down when they said, oh, well, this isn't the first time that China's flown spy balloons over us. They've flown hundreds of spy balloons over us. Why? So let's just take this to its logical conclusion. The executive branch, at a minimum, if not also the legislative and judicial branches at the highest levels in this country, have been bought and paid for by our greatest enemy, China, and then they fly spy balloons over our military installations. Why? Well, to collect data. Mm. But who's collecting the data? Where does that data terminate? Okay, China collected it. So now it's not the Americans spying on Americans, because that would be illegal. And uh, gosh dang, you don't want to get caught doing that, right? But I wonder who that information was being passed to and for what reasons. Because at a minimum, you can fly overhead and scoop all the SSIDs. You guys have squared me away on this before. Um, the individual ID numbers off of each one of the devices on those locations, right? And then you can match that up every time those device numbers appear on other networks and you can start building out patterns of behavior, pattern of life for every single person on those military installations. Getting back to white supremacy and domestic terrorism, now I can put together or begin to put together target packets on every single individual at these installations. Why would the United States do that? Mm, I wonder if they're fixing to do something vastly unconstitutional and on a national scale and we need to know who's going to play along and who's not. Just throwing that out there. Can I prove it? No. Do I have a bunch of data to work from? No. Just a little thought experiment that I did here lately. Back to Biden. In a speech to black college graduates on Saturday, U.S. President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. asterisk labeled white supremacy the most dangerous terrorist threat to the United States. The statement, which is contradicted by crime statistics, was condemned by conservative pundits. Quote, White supremacy is the single most dangerous terrorist threat in our homeland, end quote. Biden told graduates from Howard University, a historically black university, also known as HBCU. Quote, I'm not just saying this because I'm at black HBCU. I say this wherever I go, Biden continued. Quote, fearless progress towards justice often means ferocious pushback from the oldest and most sinister of forces. That's because hate never goes away. It only hides under the rocks, end quote. Let's just forget the fact that the Ku Klux Klan was uh, created by the Democratic Party. And uh, Jim Crow laws, Democratic Party. And segregation, Democratic Party. 
let's just forget all of that stuff because history doesn't matter anymore. It's all about what your truth is. My truth is that the Democrats would never do that. Well, read a friggin' history book. Just one. Just pick any American history book. Just one of them. Throughout his time in office, Biden has often talked up the threat of white supremacy, claiming that belief in the superiority of the white race motivated former Donald Trump supporters to riot at the U.S. Capitol in January 2021. I would disagree with that statement. I would say that it was a belief that the federal system is corrupt and needs to be usurped and or replaced that motivated people to show up on January 6th to protest, not riot. Because if that's what a riot looks like, man, I should be in the federal penitentiary at this point. The U.S. president also declared last year that black people live in fear of being, quote, gunned down by weapons of war deployed in a racist cause, end quote. Really? I, I'm just dead serious. Black people, is that really what you're concerned about? That weapons of war are going to gun you down because of racism? Also, let's just ignore, like, one, one example. Chi-Town. Just, what's happening there? Where firearms are illegal to possess, and it's a democratically controlled city, um, and yet... There's more, more people killed on the average day in Afghanistan than there were American soldiers injured or killed at the height of the global war on terror. So it's the white supremacist black people who are also killing black people with weapons of war in Chicago. It's like full-blown Tyrone Biggs moment here is this is what's happening. In mid-2021, the Biden administration published the U.S. government's first-ever national, strate national strategy for countering domestic terrorism, which named, quote, racially motivated violent extremists, end quote, and anti-government extremists, define extremist, because you might be looking at one right now, as, quote, the two most lethal elements of today's domestic terrorism threat. Now, why did they do that? Why did they name anti-government extremists as domestic terrorists? Because now we can use the national defense infrastructure to target you. And to target me. And to target anybody who doesn't think that the federal government is playing by the prescribed set of rules as laid out by our founders. Forget how it should be. Because I think we all know how it should be. What matters is what is. And they don't, what is does not in any way conform to what it should be. And so now they've literally labeled anybody who says, wait a minute, you don't have the authority to do that as a domestic terrorist. Getting back to why would they need that data from the Chinese spy balloon? Hmm. Why are they making members of our military take oaths over and over and over again? That they will follow the commander-in-chief of the United States military over and over and over again. What happens, hypothetically, when the Department of Defense is weaponized against the American people? Well, first of all, I would like to think, knowing as many people as I do who are prior service and currently serving, I would like to think that there'd be vast swaths of people abandoning their post. That there's a whole bunch of people that are just not going to go through with that. But there's some who will. 
boys and girls, I don't want that. That's going to be nasty. And they have things that we don't have. Aerial assets, artillery, explosives, hand grenades, machine guns, etc. It's that armored um, log train, intel, encrypted camo, training that we don't have. And there's a lot of people who say, but the good ones in the military will come over to our side and train us. Maybe. Hopefully. Comma. It takes a good amount of time to be trained. And then trained up to what? A PFC? I mean, you're not going to, you can't become a Navy SEAL or a Green Beret overnight. And there's a lot of time, I would submit, you, you can't become a Green Beret or a Navy SEAL. Forget overnight. You can't. Because there's a lot of time and money and energy invested in building those people into what they are. Now, on the flip side, quantity has a quality all of its own. 50 militiamen versus one Green Beret. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm being dead honest. Maybe. Um... To all my multicam hood rat brethren out there, shoot, move, communicate, sustain. We don't want this fight. And I'm not advocating for this fight because it's going to be ugly AF. Ugly AF. I think that you should be a highly indigestible porcupine where you are. Where the juice is not worth the squeeze. Where nobody wants to bother trying to fight you. And you should not be an interesting target to anybody. Good guys, bad guys. <laughs> local or national. Militant farmer concept. Everybody should know how to work a shovel. Everybody should know how to work a rifle. Simple as that. But I would submit you're going to need to work the shovel more than you need to work the rifle. And if you've built your SHTF plan out in such a way that it's 90% rifle and 10% shovel, you're doing something wrong. Your location and your population density sucks. Back to domestic extremists. According to the FBI crime statistics, the average Howard University graduate is 11 times more likely to be murdered by a member of their own race then a white perpetrator. And YouTube, before you demonetize me and block me and throw me off forever, um, I'm reading an article. I'm reading the news. Okay? Okay. Also, patreon.com. Search for Bear Independent. When we finally get thrown off of this platform, that's where we will be. Okay? Okay, Bear. Links in the description. While African Americans commit the majority of all violent crimes in the U.S., most crime, whether committed by whites or blacks, is intraracial. White on white crime, black on black crime, Mexican on Mexican crime, etc. Biden's statement was condemned by conservative pundits who accused the president of using divisive rhetoric to solicit votes. Oh, what else is new? Quote, the Democratic Party spent most of the 19th century and much of the 20th century using overt racism to win elections. End quote. Libra <laughs> not librarian, libertarian activist John Miltimore tweeted, adding that, quote, they're doing it again in the 21st century. The racism just looks a lot different than in the 19th century version. 
Journalist Kelly, Julie Kelly, called Biden a pathological liar and accused him of fueling dangerous racial division. Why would they want us fighting each other? Let's think about that. So that we're not fighting them. So that we're not paying attention to what they're doing. Distractions, bread and circuses. Now, we're 32 minutes into this. I'm going to pee off of the side porch over here real quick. Then we're going to talk about China and BRICS and agricultural exports. And then we're going to talk about how to support the show. So just take 30 seconds, talk quietly amongst yourself, grab a cup of coffee, check your email real quick, whatever you're into. Stand by. Whoa. Whoa. Stay. Or don't stay, whatever you're into. is what does not want to stay. Nor do these want to stay. Bear, why do you have a bow? Um, if you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. P-E-1. Just leave it at that. P-E-1. From RT. China, cutting back on purchases of U.S. corn, according to Bloomberg. The top importer of the crop is turning to Brazil. Major U.S. corn buyer China has been reducing imports from the country due to weak demand and cheaper supplies from Brazil, Bloomberg reported on Friday. It's like three days ago. Chinese buyers have reportedly canceled 832,000 tons of U.S. corn orders in the past three weeks, while ramping up purchases from fellow BRICS members Brazil, which is projected to pass the U.S. as the top exporter this year. According to the report, citing traders, U.S. corn is now less competitive with supplies from Brazil around $30 per ton cheaper for delivery in the third quarter. Weak domestic demand for corn as animal feed in China was also listed among the reasons behind the cancellations. Now, China has been um, very quiet, as usual, about the impact of African, African swine fever, I believe is what it is, on their swine supply. All the countries around China are being decimated by it, but China says they have zero cases. Mm, eh, disagree. In a true look at the squirrel moment, um, modern brick warfare, leave no brick behind. Look, they're little tactical Lego guys. I like war belts and plate carriers and stuff. Why does Bear have toy Lego guys? Sand table, anybody? Just throwing that out there. They're cool. They're stupid expensive. I bought these. Uh, they didn't send them to me. ModernBrickWarfare.com Yeah, they got Mitch helmets and plate carriers. That guy's got like a high-speed, high-cut helmet. Interesting. Super duper interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Back to corn. Right, I know. Demand for corn is really poor. Wang Jioyang, a senior analyst with Sinolink Futures in one of the top grain-growing provinces, Hanan, told Bloomberg, quote, feed producers are using a lot of wheat to replace corn as prices keep falling. I wonder where they're getting all that excess wheat from. Hmm. Hmm. Feed-grade wheat flooding the market. Could it have been wheat that was in silos in Ukraine for 18 months because of the Black Sea deal? Slash not deal, slash maybe deal again, slash definitely not a deal now. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. The report indicated that wheat prices are around 180 yuan, or $26, a ton cheaper, than corn in Hanan and may decline further. Meanwhile, traders and analysts pointed out that struggling hog farmers are seeking to cut feed costs. So replacing corn with wheat is a natural choice. Of course, also read Leviticus 11. That's not food. Customs data shows that Chinese corn imports hit a record of over 28 million tons in 2021 before falling to about 21 million tons last year, 2022. China is reportedly seeking to shift away from its heavy reliance on U.S. and Ukraine for corn by diversifying suppliers amid geopolitical uncertainty threatening the country's food security. This month, China also received its first shipload of feed corn from South Africa, another fellow member of BRICS. So, what does that even mean? Uh, depends on who you ask. I would submit that it means that um, U.S. farmers are going to have less of the ability to sell their grain on the global market due to BRICS. It's another economic and geopolitical indicator that BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, Saudi Arabia, et al. are strengthening their relations uh, amid their, their little alliance that they've got going. Okay, what does that mean for you? Maybe corn will be cheaper than it has been in a while, and you can get a whole bunch of it and put it into buckets so that when this whole damn thing falls off the edge of the cliff and society is literally slash figuratively set on fire, you got more corn in buckets. But what am I going to do with corn, Barry? Tamales, dude? Come on. Tamales. Corn chowder, corn stew. Don't make me go full-blown Bubba Gump on you right now. Like, it's food. You're going to eat it like you would any other food. Now, that, oh, but how do I put corn into buckets? Prepper Classroom, free playlist here on YouTube. Uh, just search Prepper Classroom, you'll find it, and I'll tell you how to do that. That's the show for today. If you're one of those people that jumps off when it's time to talk about how to support the show, how to uh, engage in the value exchange here at the show, this is your polite cue to beat feet skedaddle, get out of here, have a blessed day, shaloha. For everybody else... Links in the description down below to all these things, patreon.com. Search for Baron Dependent or follow the link. You'll find us. It's five, five doll hairs per month. It is the best five bucks you can spend on the internet. Our Patreon page is not an I love me, you should love me too page. It is a preparedness consultancy where you ask the questions and I answer them in feature length videos, 15 to 30 minute long in-depth answers to all of your questions, which then serves as a reference point, and a bit of education for everybody else in the Bear Nation who's on Patreon. And there's a lot of really good discussion in the uh, comments down below on each video, as well as the community tab on Patreon, as well as I need to find people, I can't find people, community tab on Patreon, as well as the Bear Independent Discord, which is a perk of patrons only, which you'll get a link to when you join Patreon. 
And if uh, for some reason you, like me, get 10 to 15,000 emails a week and didn't see that email, uh, you just put a post in the community tab and our brother Badger will take care of you. He'll email you the link yet again. Otay? Otay, bear. Now, at Refuge Medical, a lot of exciting things going on. <clears throat> the um, Travel Arc, brand new kit. It's an Arc pouch like this, of course, made in America that has these straps that can be attached to the back of the headrest of your vehicle, the contents of which, and how does that work? You pop this, you rip this off. I've now got a trauma first aid kit, a trauma first aid kit in my hand, specifically designed for motor vehicle accidents. And I pop this open and there's all my stuff, perfectly laid out, perfectly organized, made in America, got everything I need and nothing I don't, to work in MVA, a motor vehicle accident, the trauma arc. It's 239 bucks, guaranteed forever. Um, and the components for the trauma, or for the um, vehicle arc, is uh, were hand-selected by our paramedics and EMTs who are on staff at Refuge Medical. So having worked the hundreds of car wrecks that they've worked combined, they're like, this is what you need, this is what you don't need for a motor vehicle accident. And so that kit has, is available today at refugemedical.com. It, like everything else, is HSA and FSA eligible, so you can use your HSA or your FSA to pay for it. And um, specifically designed to work motor vehicle wrecks. We still have uh, a handful of these, the Origin Western IFAX slash survival kit. This is being made in Origin's custom Raptor camo. And this is the Highland version, and this is the Woodland version. So these are still in the store. Uh, I believe they're also HSA and FSA eligible. And then we've got you things like the SOB, small to back kit. Like this right here, little tiny kit. You can run this on your gun belt, your plate carrier, your chest rig, your duty belt, your wherever, attach it to the outside of your rucksack. Weighs as much as one loaded AR mag. Pop this open, and I got everything I need and nothing I don't that if I have to deal with a traumatic injury, trauma medicine, I've got a kit. And it feels way better in a situation like that to have a kit than to not have a kit. So like a lot of the AARs that we get from people who have used our kits, 73 lives saved to date by the way, um, a lot of the modalities of injury are workplace accidents, Motor vehicle accidents, that's huge. It's like two thirds motor vehicle accidents. And um, like chainsaw injuries, a lot of chainsaw injuries. And like three from explosives and fireworks. So be careful, especially with the 4th of July coming up, man. Uh, my stomach turns every year on the 5th of July because I know we're gonna get AARs. I know we're gonna get reports of people having to use our kits. So with the 4th of July coming up, you know, it's a couple months away, well, it's six weeks away. Um, please be safe. Please have a first aid kit. Please know how to use it. And like a real first aid kit, not some band-aids and gauze and a rubber band, like a real first aid kit. Please and thank you. So all that stuff's at refugemedical.com. You guys know your promo code is Bear Nation. There's a free shipping store-wide right now on all these products. So check them out. Now, Refuge Training, there are a bunch of classes in Pecola, Oklahoma. This is coming up this not this week but next week i will be there i will be there so um if you need bear to yell at you to motivate you i will be there 
um, as well all of our other training cadre, right? We've got uh, prior service, we've got EMTs, we've got um, paramedics, we've got you know former law enforcement officers, we've got all kinds of cool guys and cool girls who are going to teach you the fine art of how to not die. Refugetraining.com is your link for that. Classes are in the store for Pecola, Oklahoma. We also have a handful of classes left in Boise, Idaho and Tell City, Indiana. So check that out because when they're gone, they're gone. And lastly, but not leastly, for show, grindstoneministries.com. Um, if you'd like to support our ongoing mission to actually affect the appalling numbers of human trafficking here in the United States of America, if you want to actually do something about it, grindstoneministries.com. Uh, sign up for the email newsletter. There's a donate button there if you'd like to donate. Um, and of course, you have our Caleb House swag, t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, our brother Saw's t-shirt and our brother Rex's t-shirt, all of which come from Sanctified Supply Co., all of which a portion of the proceeds go to help us build Caleb House, which is our juvenile restoration facility for human trafficking survivors, aka a safe place where we put kids back together who have been serially raped by assholes. So, if you're into making sure that bad stuff happens to bad people and good stuff happens to good people, check out GrindstoneMinistries.com. And with that, I bid you adieu. Hey, if you're new, subscribe. Hit the little bell icon. If you're not new, please share the show with somebody you love. And make sure you haven't been unsubscribed by the YouTube algorithmic robots. Y'all have a blessed day. Shaloha.